worship you, Father. We just worship you. Worship you, Lord. Worship you. Lord, the ministry of the word. It's your word. We are your people. Teach us your ways. Show us your paths. And lead us in the way of everlasting life. Create in each one of us a holy dissatisfaction that we will never be content with our spiritual growth. That we will always hunger for more of you. Because your word says, O Lord, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for your righteousness and they will be satisfied, Father. And therefore, O Lord, create always that hunger in us, that hunger to know you, the thirst to thirst after you. As the psalmist says, O Lord, in Psalm 42, he said, my heart thirsts for God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. As a deer pants for the water. O Lord, this morning, we just want to pant for you. We want to come to your presence this morning. That Lord, that you would teach us your ways. Show us your paths. Anoint us to hear. Anoint us to speak. And anoint us to believe and to obey your word this morning. Touch every one of us, O Lord, and grant us, O Lord, concentration to be able to hear what your spirit has to say this evening, this morning, O Lord. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, even as you, uh, we meditate upon the word, remember the, the words, the, the, the messages that we've been listening from this pulpit and even on the Wednesday service about, uh, being witnesses. The spirit of God fills us so that we can become witnesses, empowers us to witness. That is the reason why the Spirit is given. Wait in Jerusalem so that the, when the, for the Holy Spirit to come upon us, so that we will be witnesses. Okay, that is the reason why um, uh, the Spirit is given. So this morning, let's uh, continue our study on that. Let's look at our first verse for today. And it's found in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Uh, it says, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria and the ends of the world. You will receive power to be my witnesses, power to become witnesses because it is impossible for us to do anything for God in our strength. Okay, so Zechariah 4, 6 will say, so he said to me, this is the word of the Lord of Zerubbabel, not by might. Nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Okay, so it is, this is, it's impossible to live a Christian life. It is impossible to be a witness unless the Lord empowers us. Every other thing that we do for God is absolutely a dead work. So God says, wait in Jerusalem. So what happens? In Acts chapter 1, look at what, this is what he says. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. So he gave this very specific command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. Very important word, wait. Okay, keep that in mind, wait. For the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a, in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So this is what he spoke to many of his people. How many people roughly First Corinthians chapter 15 verses 3 to 6 will say, For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, buried, 
rose again according to the scriptures. He was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. And afterwards, he was seen by over how many? Five hundred. Okay. Five hundred people. He appeared. And possibly, he might have told every one of them, wait. Acts chapter 1 verse 15. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Altogether, the number of names was about how many? 120. So 500 were asked to wait, at least, I think. How many waited? 120 waited. You know, one of the things that I learned in my brief walk with the Lord for a few years, and a few years in coming to full-time ministry. How many of you, how many of you are in full-time ministry, by the way, here? Yeah, good. Everybody is in full-time ministry, okay. Not just me. It's a trick question. There's nothing secular and sacred in a Christian's life. Everything is sacred, okay. So, one of the things that I have observed over a period of time, and, you know, people come, people go. One thing that I have observed, God is my lesson. This is my lesson. God is not, is, is looking for availability not for ability. Okay. So today's title, the message for today's, the title of today's message is this. Here am I. One Hebrew phrase. Heneni. Actually, Heneni. <laughs> for those of you who like to pronounce the het. Heneni. Here am I. God is looking for availability, not ability. Not ability, but availability. Not intelligence, but diligence. Okay. This is what he's looking for. And he would not, this is exactly if, I mean, if you're not available, sorry. And this is our, you see, this is what I'm, I, I was talking uh, even on Wednesday. You give us, we give ourselves more and more opportunities so that we can hear the word. And even as we hear the word by faith, what happens to us? We are what? Filled by the spirit. Galatians chapter 3. You're filled by the spirit when you receive the word of God by faith. God gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. But the way we ask is by giving ourselves opportunities to hear the anointed word. To come together. That is the reason why Hebrew says, do not neglect the gathering of yourselves daily, every day. Every day, even as you see that day approaching. And encourage one another daily. You see, that is how it happens. Speaking to one another with how? With psalms and hymns and songs of worship. Making melody to God in your heart. This is how we do it. And God is honestly not interested in your talents. If you are gifted, it's a major headache for God. Okay, if you are not gifted, you are qualified. Absolutely. Of course, he gives the gifts also so that we can surrender those gifts to him. One of the things, therefore, we need to understand, God, just keep that in mind, God is not looking for ability, but for availability. So let us look at what, it, what does it mean to be available for God. Let us see Exodus chapter 3. 
Verse 4 onwards and uh, several places where the word here here am I comes. So this is verse 4. So when the Lord saw that he, who is this he? Moses. Turned aside to look. God called to him from the midst of the bush. And said Moses, Moses. And what did he say? Here I am. What is the word here I am? Again, cheneni, which means God, I am here available at your disposal. But how did this guy come to this point? Now, by the way, uh, how many of you are available? If, uh, if somebody asks a question, you know, you some lot of people raise your raise their hands depending upon their schedule. Okay, I'm, I'm available on Thursday. I'm not available on Wednesday. That is not what is this, this availability. This is availability at the beckoning of God. Okay. And this is a spiritual condition. This is not attained in a day, by the way. How do we come to this point in our life where we say, Lord, here am I. I'm available. It's not, it's a, it's a journey. Let me show you the principles in the Bible. How does, how do we, how do, how does one reach to this point? It's found in 1st Timothy chapter 3 verse 10. Look at what it says. This is talking about those who desire to be elders in the church. Okay. Um, and it says, let them be what? Tested first. Then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves to be blameless. Why is he saying this? Why is he saying this? First Timothy chapter 3 verse 6. Same chapter verse 6 will say, he must not be a recent convert or a novice, other translations, or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. You see, between, well, you know, if you, you want to make yourself available, you still are not available to God until you come to the point from your heart you confess, here am I. What does that mean? Let me explain this from the life of Moses. Carefully, observe carefully. Exodus chapter 2, verses 11 onwards. Now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out to his brethren and they looked at their burdens. Okay. So he looked, this man, he just graduated from the University of Alexandria with a PhD. Okay. Okay. Mighty indeed, mighty in word. He must have also come from a recent military conquest. I don't know. And then he just went down and he saw the burden of his brothers and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brothers. So he looked this way and that way. Killed, buried, ran. The first thing, this is what he was thinking. Lord, I am available and I see a need. Let me jump in without consulting. You know, I've seen a lot of people, no? Especially when they're young. They're moved by need. They look to the left. Brother, what do you think? I think it's a good deal. What, brother, what do you think? I think it's okay. Friend, what do you think? I think it's okay. Let's do it. They never look up. They are moved by need. What do we call this? Impetuous nature. <laughs> just, just, they look at somebody. Oh, I think there's a need over here. Let's just move. But there's no consulting that is going on. The one person, when Moses lay, I mean, raised his hand and said, here am I Lord. The one person Moses did not factor was who? God. 
He moved without coming to a point where from his heart he really meant, Lord, what? I'm available. See? What does that mean? How does one reach that point is my question. That is, that is what I was asking myself. How does one reach the point where he says, Lord, here am I? Send me. I was talking about that on Wednesday, you know. Everybody, in order to be a witness, he has to be who? What? He has to be sent by God. All of us have to be a sent people. Okay? You should be a bunch of guys who are a part of the local church and we have been sent out, commissioned by the church to go into the mission field. Very important. That is the pattern in the Bible. You see, Paul and Barnabas were there in the church for several years. So many bunch of guys there praying and fasting in Acts chapter 13, if I'm right, I don't know, if, I think it's 12 or 13, where bunch of guys are praying and the Spirit says, separate unto me, even as they're fasting and praying, by the way, when they're fasting and they're praying, the Spirit says, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the ministry that I've appointed them, for them. And what happens after they're separated, they still pray, they still pray for another few, few, uh, few days, fasting and prayer, and then they lay their hands upon them and they send them into the mission field. You see, one of the things that you need to ask yourself, are you sent or are you just went? Very important. You know, there are a lot of people, you know, they're, they're what we call as loose electrons. They're, mo- they're moving from one place to the other. They're never stable. Okay? You, you ask them, you know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a preacher. First thing, whenever you want to listen to a man and he says he's a preacher, you should ask him, which church do you belong to? Who sent you? Have you been sent? You know, the first time when Pastor was going to the mission field way back in, I think, 2010, for the first time he was going to the mission field, you know, we were having a discussion, and after the discussion was over, he says, Vijay, pray over me and send me. That's remarkable. He is like the senior pastor. Pray over me and send me. You see, we all, what, what does it mean? We as a church are together with him even as he's going into the mission field. See? You need to understand, you cannot be used of God any other way. You should be a person who's sent by him. Okay? I'm here, I've got the gifts, I've got the talents. Wait. <laughs> if you have more gifts and more talents, you should wait for more time. Till you stop trusting in your gifts and your talents and you need to trust in God. Okay? If you are superbly endowed, you have the charisma, you have to wait for more time. So, that's exactly what happens to Mr. Moses. God says, you said here am I, but you still are not ready. <laughs> I have to do something with you. So I will do. What will he do? Send him to Exodus chapter 3. Okay. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert. I like that. (laughs) Not even in the front of the desert. Somewhere in the backside of the desert. Remarkable. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert. 
And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn around to see this great sight. So when the, when the Lord saw that, the, that he turned aside, God called him from the midst of the bush. And God said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. You know, see, how many years was this? From the time of him running away from Egypt to the time that he received a call? 40 years. Chalice kya hai? Chalice had the time of testing and trial. You see, Jesus, when he went into the waters of baptism and he came out of the waters of baptism, the Holy Spirit came upon him and it said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And what happens? It says immediately he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for how many days? For 40 days to be tested and be tempted by the devil before he is commissioned into full-time ministry. See? And that has to happen for all of us. Now, by the way, that's 40 is only a number which is essentially symbolizing testing. It could be different for different people. Some people learn very fast. I mean, they humble themselves very fast. For Moses, it took 40 years. That's all. Okay. For, you know, some people, they start uh, in the Lord, let's say, 2000, let's say 2019, they start in January. By the time May comes, they are better than some mature believers who are in the church for 10 years. Mature in terms of not only understanding the scripture and character. Why? Because as they've allowed God to work in their lives, the spiritual spiritual life is not like uh, our physical growth. You know, spiritual life growth can happen very fast because it is of the spirit, not of the flesh. You see? So what what was happening for, to Moses for 40 years? Something was happening. James chapter 1 will talk about this. My brothers... Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. That's exactly what was happening to Moses. And let us see what was the trials that Moses was going through. It will be very interesting to learn the lessons from the trials of Moses. Okay. Brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work so that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing. You see, look at what he says. He doesn't say that you may be perfect and complete. He doesn't stop, stop there. That you may be, that it may, that, be, that it may be a perfect work, that you may be perfect, that you may be complete. Other translations will use the word mature. Completeness. Okay. Lacking what? Nothing. What is that? Lacking nothing in what? Let us see what it means. Lacking nothing in what? Romans chapter 5, verse 3 to 5. Not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations. Knowing that tribulation brings about what? Perseverance. Perseverance what? Proven character. And proven character brings hope. And the hope will not disappoint us. Because why? The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So what is God after? His God is after His character. God is after what? Character. Proven, not just character, proven character. You see, when, when some people, you know, for example, let's just imagine this, no? Uh, uh, let's say, just giving an example, okay, Dr. Richard. Dr. Richard, today he came late to church. He was 
behaving, we say, out of character. Something might have happened. Otherwise, he has never led to church. The character of him is that he never is late to church. So when he has come late to the church, what has happened? He's he's behaved out of character. You see? So this 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 is what God is after. I, mean, I remember that my grandfather who passed away, he, he he taught me very interesting saying when he was when I was a kid. He said, Vijay, if, if wealth is lost, nothing is lost. If health is lost, something is lost. If character is lost, everything is lost. You see, that is the reason why God is out for character. And he will test us for that. Okay, so we have to go through testing. Testing and this paradigm is there in the entire Bible. Look at what it says in Genesis chapter 37. You know this, okay. Then his brothers went to feed his father's flock in Shechem. Who is this? Joseph. And and Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, I will... Read that. Send you to them. So he said to them, Here I am. Cheneni. I'm ready. Are you ready? Really Joseph? Are you ready? I'm telling you something. If Joseph wouldn't have gone through trials and testing, he would have been a spoiled brat at home. You know, remember, you know, he had all these dreams. He was, when he went to his brothers and uh, told his dreams, he was not asking for information. Guys, you know what? So many things, everything. What do you think? What do you think this means? They, everybody knew what the dream meant, including him. This guy was one spoiled brat. You see, but something had to happen to him. You see, Joseph went for first mile to Shechem. He didn't find his brothers. And then he went all the way to Dothan. And the interesting thing is, let us see what will happen to this dreamer. They caught him and they threw him down. You know what happens? This guy is crying from that pit. Oh, he's not only crying to his brothers, he's also crying to God. God, help me out, Lord. From where? A place called Dothan. Can you remember, do you have any other place where somebody cried at Dothan and the Lord answered him? Okay. Elisha was at Dothan. And the armies of the, of, of the Syrians just, you know, besieged him and uh, his servant was getting scared. You know what? Elisha said, Lord, open this fellow's eyes. And he opened this fellow's eyes. Exactly at that same point, this fellow also cries out, Lord, help me. And does the Lord answer? Yes, by saying no. Both places he answers. Why did he withhold him from getting rescued? Psalm 105 will test, will tell us. This is very interesting, okay? Moreover, he came for, he called for a famine in the land. He destroyed all the provision of bread. He sent a man. You see that? Before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave, they hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons until the time that his word, what is his word? Came to pass the word of the Lord. Did what? Tested him. Okay, just just to, just to clear it up, uh, NLT translation gives us a very interesting rendering of this. Psalm 105 verse 19. Until the time to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. That is what he did. The Lord tested Joseph's character. God gave you a promise. Right? 
That's exactly what we what we heard last Sunday. Uh, Caleb received a promise from God. How many years back? 40 years back. You know what? Ultimately, he says, the same promise that God spoke to me, it's still there in my heart. I know I will get my inheritance. He waited for 40 years. What was God doing for 40 years in his life? Testing him. 40. A symbol of trial and testing. Testing him. And you know how he passed this test? For me? For me, how you know how, how I know he passed this test? God said, Joshua will be anointed. Caleb will be not. Joshua will be the next leader. Younger. But next leader. Caleb will be under Joshua. I think that is when he had the John the Baptist moment. I should receive nothing except it has been given by my father which is in heaven. He must increase. I must decrease. And God said, fantastic. Tested. Test passed. Examination passed. You will be promoted. You will be given the mountain. You see that? God tests us. When he has spoken a word into your life, he will test us. God has given us all of a specific word. He has given me a specific word for me. For me. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 2. That's my, my promise. Okay. Specific. And for that, he will test me. And the same promise he must have given every one of you. For that, he will test every one of you before he brings that promise to pass in your life. And where does he test us? He tests us in the wilderness, right? Deuteronomy chapter 8 will talk about this. What is this wilderness thing? Deuteronomy chapter 8, and you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these how many years? These 40 years in the wilderness to do what? To humble you. Wilderness has got a fantastic way of humbling us. Because we are all people full of pride. Okay? Humbling process starts. So let us see how this works in the life of our man Moses. Let us see. Exodus chapter 3. Now Moses was tending the flock. Whose flock? Father-in-law's flock. Who's his father-in-law? Priest of Midian. Three things. How is he going to humble this great man? He's going to choose a career for him. Doctor, MBBS, MD. He has already set his career path. Okay, this is what I'm going to become. But God says, okay, fine. All this is fine, but I have to use you. I have to send you. I am going to choose a career for you. I am going to choose the office for you. Okay. Many people have applied to different, different companies. But I'll tell you, God chose the office for you. God not only chose the office for you, he chose your boss in this case also. Okay. And he also gives who this boss is. He's a priest of Midian. What does that Midian mean? Midian means strife. Contention. Okay. Remember, in Proverbs chapter 21 it says, it is better to live in the corner of a housetop than to live with a woman who is Contentions, that's exactly his life. He had Sipporah in his home. He would rather be in the wilderness than with her. Okay. 
He says, it says the 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 words of a contentious wife are a constant dripping. You know that is one of one way of actually uh, uh, torture. You know what? How they torture people if they want to get information out of them? They they tie his hands and feet and they put him under constant dripping. They don't have to do waterboarding. They just have to put him under constant dripping. After a while, he says, "Get me out of this place, please," and he will confess. That's exactly what happened to this man. Chose his career. What are you going to be? You are going to be a shepherd. What am I? General of the army. PhD from Alexandria University. You are going to be a shepherd. Why shepherd? Why is he going to choose this occupation for Moses? Genesis chapter 46. Verses 33 to 34. So it shall be when Pharaoh calls you and says, What is your occupation? That you shall say, your servant's occupation has been with livestock from our youth even until now, both we and also our fathers, that you may dwell in the land of Goshen. For every shepherd is what? Is an abomination to the Egyptian. You know what? God will choose a career for you in spite of all your degrees here in this case. Where the people of the world will say, what kind of a career is this? You know, <laughs> I'm going to be, meet my boss today. Ex-boss. Okay. He called me after a while, you know, after I graduated. After a while, he was preparing his webpage and he wants to know what is alumni are doing. Okay. All the alumni means uh, people who have graduated from a particular lab. Now, where are they? So, so-and-so person graduated 2000, 2014, PhD, Carnegie Mellon. Okay, another person passed, uh, graduated 2016, PhD, MIT. Another person graduated 2013, PhD, GATEC, Georgia Tech. Okay, another person, so-and-so, so-and-so, postdoc, such and such and place. Israel, actually, my colleague. Okay, and such and such, and then he called me, and he said, Vijay, uh, uh, I'm preparing the webpage, uh, what do you want me to write? I said, Pastor. So you go to my webpage. Triple ID. Do you find Pastor there? No. You know why? Are an abomination to the Egyptians. In in Israel? What? Pastor. Not even Pastor. Assistant Pastor. That is what he's going to choose for you. <laughs> I'm not saying that he's going to choose what he has chosen for me. He might choose a, pos- a, 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 a career for you where you'll say, Lord, what am I doing over here, Lord? You see how superly gifted I am and you're asking me to work in this place? What nonsense. Why Moses? I'll tell you, Moses, you have a big problem. You lost a lot of weight in the wilderness, but your head weight has not gone. <laughs> it's Acts chapter 7 verse 22. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. And God said, boy, you have a condescending attitude towards the careers that I choose for you. Learn now. Learn. You know, I've seen even in the conversation that I have with believers, 
even in the conversation that I have with believers. Many, many believers have a condescending attitude towards those who are in full-time ministry. I've seen that. Observation. I mean, this is, uh, I, I was also like that, by the way. So when I say, when I hear their uh, language, I know what they are saying from where they are coming. See. What God has to do with Moses is this. Moses, in the eyes of the world, I want to bring you to a place where they will consider to you to be what? Nothing and nobody. In spite of all your giftings and all your accomplishments. So I'm going to choose a career for you. Why? Luke's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 15. And he said to them, you are those who justify yourselves before men. You see, what is justification before men? That means you are very well acquainted among your peer group. You know, we have a peer group in research. Peer review. Okay. Your, your paper will go to some place in some other country and at some other lab and he will, he will tear your paper apart and he will look at your paper and say, oh, we reject your first name. Otherwise he's going to be one among us. No, 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 no. You see? And everybody wants to be a part of that group. They want to belong. You see? <laughs> they want to be a part of a peer group and want to belong. We know why? Because it justifies their ego and satisfies their ego. And you know what God says? What is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in my sight. They think shepherd is an abomination to them. I'll tell you something. That is highly esteemed among me. And what they do is abomination. You know what what I'll call myself? I'll call myself the chief shepherd. What will they do now? Can you imagine the one office that Jesus identifies himself and says, everybody, other person says, uh, he is the high priest and the apostle of our, of our confession, right? Did he say, I am the high priest when he came? No. What did he say? I am the good shepherd. That's what he said. You know why? Because shepherds are abomination. God chooses a career for you, a lifestyle for you, where people will look at it and say, what is this? Why? Because that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Second, he chose a boss also for him. Your Babu, boss? Father-in-law. It is one thing to take care of your sheep, where at least you can boast. One thing to take care of somebody else's sheep, but Keep that in mind, okay? Just keep that in mind. Something to take care of? Somebody else's sheep. That's not your sheep. Okay, that's what... Just keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind. But he chose a boss for him. He chose the career for him. He chose the boss for you. Similarly, God chooses the... Hopefully, has chosen your career. What do you think? You applied your... You sent your resume and you you were called for interview because of your credentials? No, 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 no. If you are a believer, you've been called in spite of your credentials. Because in a believer's life, nothing, accident. No, 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 accident. You've been called in spite of your credentials. That is the reason they called you. I tell you, even in my own university, how I was actually selected for lecturership position. Okay, First, I started as a PhD student in IIIT. But God has to humble me now. So he sent my colleague, who was, who, was, who was my master's classmate, who finished finished his PhD, and he became a faculty in my university. What am I doing there? Still PhD. He came. He looked at me. Hey, Vijay, what are you doing here? Ah, PhD. Ah, 
very nice, very nice. And you should see, you know, the embarrassment that you have when one fellow has graduated and he has become something and he's uh, almost like a boss in your, in your, in your university. And I looked at him and said, okay. And then we had the advertisement for lecturership position. I was called for interview. Tell me who was in the interview panel. My friend was there. Classmate. But you know something? People being, were being rejected left, right and center because that interview was, interview seat was a very hot seat by the way. <laughs> by the way. All senior professors tearing their interviews apart and I entered into the, into the interview room. Immediately this fellow looked at the other professor and said, I know this guy. I know his master's thesis. Very good student. Take him. They asked me one, two questions and sent me out with a lecturer's position. Two, two questions. People more qualified than me were not given. But I said, Chha! Vidi Chedanake? Who is he to give me? He said, that is pride. That has to be broken. See? He chose your <laughs> career, your office. So you got your position in spite of your credentials, okay? Never forget that if you're a believer. Never. Never, ever, 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 never, ever. Ever. Ever and ever. Forget that you have been given a position not because of your credentials, in spite of your credentials, okay? Oh, look at my resume. Don't ever look at your resume. Never. I've stopped looking at my resume now. Sometimes I look at that and say, I wish I could send this to pastor. What would he think? The temptation. Oh, Vijay. resume. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You see, he chose your career. He chose your boss. Look at what it says in First Peter chapter 2. Servants. <laughs> Software engineers. Okay. Process associates. Process directors. Damagers. Sorry, managers. Be submissive to your masters with ah, not another all, the famous all respect. Not only to those who are good and gentle, <laughs> but those who are also the priest of Midian. <laughs> but also to those who are unreasonable. I like that translation. How many of your managers are unreasonable with you? Sometimes you feel. Come on, be honest. My dad can confess it every day. When he came, comes back from his control, control office, he would say, oh, my officer, <laughs> he gave me chart sheet. <laughs> In spite of it, you see, he's being unreasonable. For, for this, I love this, for this finds favor. If for the sake of conscience towards God, a person bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. You know why? Because God is after your character. He chose your profession. He chose your boss specifically. Why? For what credit it is? Are my boss is a gentleman, cool dude, bro, bro. Ante Adu. Nothing is happening over there. Huh? For what credit it is if when you sin and you are harshly treated, you endure the patience, but when you do what is right and suffer for it patiently, this finds favor with God. You see that? So he chose your career. He chose your boss. Let me tell you something. 
He also chose your colleagues. He also chose, chose your office environment. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Absolutely sure. Let me look at another example. Somebody is laughing already. <laughs> it's like a relative, relative for the people, people are coming in their, in their mind's eye. Faces are coming. <laughs> okay, let us see. Genesis chapter 39. This is what it says. This is great man Joseph. Why was Joseph successful? Because who was with him? The Lord was with him. Did he have a great boss? Yes, he had a great boss. Boss was fantastic. Who was the problem? Boss, wife was problem. Okay, that is the problem. Boss was like, And absolutely, I can leave everything into his hands. I am being successful because of this fellow. And he trusts him with everything. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Can you imagine what an attitude this guy had? Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Okay, Peter? Handsome in form and appearance. You see, lot of talent. In other words, charisma. Suddenly when you have charisma, attraction start. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph and she said, lie with me. But he, everybody say that, refused. That's what we need. That is character. But he refused. That's what Titus will say. The grace of God which brings salvation to all has appeared, teaching us to say what? No. Refuse. Said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in this house and he has committed all that he has to my hand. And you know what he says? There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against what God? Now think about it. Who told Joseph that adultery is sin? When was the law given? Thou shalt not commit adultery. Exodus chapter 20. Who told him? I'll tell you something. He was living in such an authentic relationship with God that he knew what was the heart of God. You know what it says in Timothy? It says, Timothy, law is for the who? For the lawless. (laughs) For the adulterer. For the fornicator. For the murderer. For the murderers of parents and mothers, murderers of fathers and mothers of murderers of mothers. Mothers, that is the reason why law is given. For people who are in relationship with God, they already know what God needs and what God desires and they already have an intrinsic understanding of the true character of God. Let me ask you this question. Do we have an authentic center deep down inside of us? When we hear and when we see something deep down inside of us, because of our communion and our transactions with God on a daily basis, we know what belongs to the character of God and what is against the character of God. Do we have that authentic center inside of us? Do we practice that? So that something happens, boing, there's a kind of a, of a, of a sensor which goes off, a gyroscope, if you will, a spiritual gyroscope, which will tell you this is right and this is wrong. You don't even know the law, by the way. 
So it was that as she spoke to Joseph day by day, that he did not heed her, neither did he lie with her, nor was he close to her. So it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke. You know the story, I don't go to there. Your servant did to me after this manner. That his anger was aroused. Okay, your servant did to me after this manner. His anger was aroused. What did she start off in the office? She started off a hashtag me too. Very careful, Baba. Holy cow. No, I have seen in the streets of Hyderabad especially. You go on the road, of ladies, no offense, okay? Please just don't take it to heart. This is some my observation. Okay, just my observation. Say if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. So when you're traveling on the road and you see one lady who's going on the moped or the bike, okay? Because of her mistake, she bangs into someone and she falls. Immediately crowd will gather around that entire place. Whom will they beat up? The boy or the girl? Have you seen that? No, at that point, nothing's gonna work. First to quote smart Have you seen that? No, something there, no? It's a spirit of the age. It's a sinister, it's a false sense of justice. You know what it says in Exodus chapter 23? Don't incline justice toward a poor person just because he is poor. Don't do that. Are you? He's so poor. No. Understand something is going on. No, think about this now. At that moment, Joseph's master took him and put him in prison. Did Joseph say, you know me, right? You know me, you know what kind of a man. Do you think I will do this kind of a thing? Do you really think I will do this kind of a thing? Did he say that? Never. I love that attitude. Never. Do you know what kind of a person? Are Anna, so many years I've worked with you. Do you think that I will do this kind of a thing? Come on, Anna. Did he say that? Now think about it. Now whenever you you are mistreated wrongly, or rather you have been uh, you are being unjustly treated in a company, the natural thing is to justify yourself. To indicate yourself. To say, you know what, I'm not this kind of a person. Think about it, no? Nobody knows what happened in the room. Nobody knows. Who knows? Only God. She forgot to factor in God. Now, everybody must have thought. Now, what they would have thought about Joseph? I think this is this is what my imagination is. Are we do? This is what they will say. He looks like that, but he is mama, 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 mia. See what he has done. Did he say, no, 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 I did not do it. No, 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 I'm not that kind of a person. Did he say that? No. No. You know, very difficult, you know, when somebody slanders you. So, no, 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 I'm not kind of, no, 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 you can't say that. 
And this is what the principle is. First Peter chapter 2. Let's go back. No? We know our what? Our office. We know our boss. We should also know our colleagues. What what it says in First Peter chapter 2? Look at what he says. For you have been called for this purpose. What purpose? This purpose. Since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his footsteps. Who committed no sin? Nor was deceit found in his mouth. While being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats. But what did he do? He kept entrusting himself. Other translations will use the word. He continued entrusting himself to the one who judges righteously. And he himself bore our sins in his body so that we might also die to sin. And live for righteousness. We also know, we all know this verse. We pray in our prayers. You know, uh, no weapon formed against his shall, him shall prosper. And every tongue. I, I found a very interesting translation shared in another Bible studies too. But look at this translation. I love this. This is the NASB and the ESV too. Both these translations uh, rendered this in this way. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17. This is what it says. No weapon formed against, no weapon that is formed against you will prosper. And he's going to clearly define what that weapon is. Every tongue that accuses you. Or other translations will use the word. Every lying tongue that raises against you in condemnation. You will condemn. Why? This is the heritage. Over the servants of the Lord. Why? And their vindication is from me. I am going to vindicate you. Most Joseph, you can do two things, Joseph. You can either justify yourself or wait for me to justify you. What are you going to do? Will you defer vindication or you want to take matters into your own hands and you will say inkalabs in Dabat? No. Lal salam, lal salam. What will you do? You see, that is character. That is character. Vindication is from God. No, I, I, I wrote this one. Will I patiently wait for God's vindication in my life? Patiently. No, think about it. No, if, if God chooses not to vindicate on this side of eternity, are you okay with it? Will you die when everybody thinks that you're a murderer and you're a thief and you're a rapist? Is that okay with you? That is what he's talking about. No, that is exactly how Jesus died. He Died as a transgressor. And they said, if you are really the son of man, come down and we will believe. He said, no, no way. I'm not going to vindicate myself. It's, that is the reason why it says in First Timothy chapter 3, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the spirit, by the resurrection from the dead. And even after vindication, he did not choose himself to go to the world. See, I'm risen. Believe in me. No, he only appeared to his disciples. That is God. That is character. That is the reason why Hebrews chapter 11 it says, all these died not having received a promise because they believed in a better resurrection. Will I wait patiently? Defer judgment in my life. Will I take matters into my own hands? You see, that is character. And when you have this character, you will never abuse the authority that God gives into your hands. 
You know why? Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. You know, especially in for people who've gone through a real, real trouble and persecution in their lives. I'm not talking about Christian. No, so there are a lot of places where ethnic cleansings happen. And after they, they, one particular race is ethnically cleansed almost, and one of them comes to know the Lord, and you know, somebody goes and tells them, you know what, brother, don't take vengeance into your own hands, forgive that. And he says, what are you talking about? How can I forgive? Very difficult to forgive. You know what, what you have to tell him, you know, I think we had a discussion with Eric and I were having a discussion. And he said, Pastor Vijay, if we tell him, you know what, you don't take vengeance, God will take vengeance. That is okay with him. You leave it. Because ultimately God will take vengeance. He will take vengeance. Don't think that God is just going to wink at sin. No. You need to understand one thing. God never justifies sin. He justifies the sinner, not the sin. If he justifies sin, he is not God. He is not holy. He is not righteous. He is not just. He is not loving. It doesn't matter whatever attribute. He is not that if he justifies the sin. He only justifies the sinner. Confesses his sin. Will I patiently wait? That is character. Okay, so look at him. Look at the testing of this character. Genesis chapter 50. Look at what it says in Genesis chapter 50. Now this is after (laughs) Jacob is dead. His brothers are coming to him. Look at what he says. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face. And they said, behold, we are your servants. Now they are all worried. Because you know what? If they would have been in Joseph's place, they would have possibly taken matters into their own hands. And what, because it is there in their heart, they are projecting their attitude on Joseph. See? A lot of people are like that, no? How can anybody live like that? It's impossible to live like that. It's just a projection of your heart. What you are imputing to somebody else. You know what Joseph says? Look at what he says. Joseph said to him, to them, do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? <laughs> you see? You see, I am refusing to take matters into my own hands. I will never try to justify myself. My hands are off. Vengeance is not mine. I am not saying that you have done nothing evil. You have done evil. But God has meant it for good. That is character. Okay? Now therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you. And for your little ones. And he comforted them. And he spoke kindly to them. That is the reason why you know what Bible says in Romans. When your enemy is hungry, feed them. By doing that, red hot coals of fire will come into his head. So don't wait for red hot coals of fire. Just feed him. Now he knows what kind of a person I am. Hmm? No, no, no. Just do it. See? So God chooses our Career, was profession, God chooses our boss, God chooses our colleagues, all this to humble us, prove us, test us so that he can send us and through this you can say, Lord, here am I. Here am I. Okay, let's move on. So, but the Lord was with Joseph. God showed him mercy. No, no. I mean, what, when you ask this, you know, this is a question you need to ask. How much God will allow testing to happen in my life? How much? How much of testing should I endure? 
You know what happened? Joseph was being tempted every day. Day after day. One day he ran. Okay. After the next time, next time scene cut, where do you see him now? Prison. Scene cut, now he's in prison. Okay. Prison a good place or a bad place? Is it a blessed place? Or is it a glorious place? Or neither? What do you think? Long time back, I heard a message from this pulpit. So, this is what it, principle again. First Corinthians chapter 10. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such which is common to man. But, kya baat hai? God is faithful. First thing. And he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. You know what I think? After this, if Joseph would have continued in Potiphar's house, maybe he would have given it to temptation. God said, okay, now he's not going to, he's not going to be able to bear more. Let him send him out of the place of temptation. So what should we pray? Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. So where, where the best place for him to be away from temptation? Prison. Mercy of God. Prison, no girls, for sure. Some of you are thinking, you know, I'm in boys college. Prison. Praise God for your parents. You're laughing. (laughs) Boys college, no coloring. Safe place. Baba, you do not know one of the most important decisions of your life. If you get wrong in that, after that, no repair. You know, think about it, no? Can you take what? Fire into your bosom and your... You know what it means? After you have a burnt mark, what is left there? A permanent mark. I tell you something, you mess up in the sexual realm, it will leave a permanent mark in your soul. Authority of God's word. Permanent mark. Irreparable. Understand that. So when you are being protected, praise God for protections. Girls, if you have tough father and mother, just fall flat on your face and say, thank you, God. If you, maybe you can't say it now from your heart, but later on when you become a mother, you will say it for sure. Okay. So, he's not going to allow you to be tempted more than you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape. And that is how God protected him from temptation. That is the reason why all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are the called according to his purpose. Believe that with all of your heart. Okay. I wrote this down, no? Prison is a way of escape from temptation. Prison was a way of escape from temptation. So, Three things God will do in our in your in your life. He will choose your profession <laughs> if you allow him. 
He will choose your boss and he will choose your company as well. Why? He wants to test you. Luke's Gospel chapter 16. <clears throat> if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. Okay? First one. If you are dishonest in little things, you will be dishonest in... Uh, you, you won't be honest in greater responsibilities. If you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches of heaven? And if you are faithful in other people's things, who will give you your own things? Three things. What is what what is happening in uh, Joseph's life as well as in in uh, Moses's life? God is seeing if he can be found faithful in little things, so that he can entrust big things into his hands. If he is not faithful in little things, will he be entrusted in big things? No, absolutely not. If he is honest, dishonest in small things, he will be dishonest in big things also. And in other words, if you have stolen five rupees, and you say, "Are small five rupees only?" No. One day, five rupees will become five million. Are five million only? No. It will be the same attitude. Okay. And then, if you are untrustworthy with worldly wealth, in other words, if you don't know how to handle money, how can God give you eternal riches? What are eternal riches? The knowledge about Himself, revelation. How can He entrust you? Then, three things. Third one, if you are not faithful in your father-in-law's sheep, why will God give you your own sheep? In other words, if you are not faithful with your company's computer, if you are not faithful with your library's book, if you are not faithful with your company's electricity, if you are not faithful with your company's car, If you are not faithful with what? About other people's things. Why will God give you your own? That is what God is testing here. Okay. And that is the reason why this is humility, right? By the way, this is humility. This is how he breaks you. Because only humble people are obedient. That is the only way of learning obedience. To humble yourself. Only humble people obey. And only humble people are used by God. Period. That is one principle I have learned. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 2 verse 8. Look at this principle. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Who is this he? Jesus. He humbled himself by becoming obedient unto death. Even the death on a cross. That is what the wilderness teaches you. The first set of lessons. Second set of lessons. Now, let us go back to the portion in Exodus chapter 3. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and... See this great sight why the bush does not burn. What is happening? Okay, this is what he turned aside. This is the principle. I will now turn aside to see this great sight. What is this? Simple thing, no? There are so many bushes on fire. 
And there were so many shepherds. So many shepherds in that place. This guy looks at it and says, I will turn aside to see this great sight. How come the bush is not being burnt? Even though it's on fire. You know, Rishi was leading that song and... Uh, one prayer that he was praying, he said, uh, he was quoting from Lamentation chapter 3, he said, it is because of the God's mercy that we have not been consumed. His mercies are new every morning. Now, you know what, he, what Moses is doing? Let me tell you the principle and I'll, I'm going to detail this a little bit more. This is what he was doing. <clears throat> Let's read this together, okay? All of us will read this together. <clears throat> An unexamined life is not worth living. An unexamined life. Who said this? Attributed to Socrates. Okay, an unexamined life or the unexamined life is not worth living. And the unexamined life is not worth living. Exodus chapter 3, this is what happens. The Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush does not burn. And then what happens? Look at this. When the Lord saw that he turned aside, what is Moses doing? There are several things that happen in our life. You can consider them as two things. Either coincidences or God incidences. Why did I fail in my exam? I'm just giving an example. What did I do no, What did I do wrong? I mean, don't become Ram Gopal Varma. You know what they asked him, right? What when you made this movies, did you learn anything from your movie? What the, the mistakes? Did you learn from your mistakes? He said, no. I will make new mistakes again. That is Naishtam. Don't say Naishtam. You know, that is what he's saying. So, when things go wrong in your life, and you're still alive, examine. Why did that happen? See, lot of people, what they do is they brush things under the carpet. <laughs> and they act as if everything is normal. They will never confront the situation. See, But God is not like that. He never brushes things under the carpet. He will show everything in our lives, even what is happening in your marriage. Everything. It's little, little things. That might be insignificant for you. What is insignificant? Are what is it? I didn't circumcise my children. Big deal. Really? Moses, you know what I'm going to do to you? You are going to have uncircumcised children in your home and you are going to lead circumcised people out. Sorry. Oh, you don't know my wife. I'm going to expose that too. I'm going to kill you. When you are about to die, let's see what your wife does. Examine. You see, if you haven't examined our lives, you know, God speaks through every failure. Every failure. God speaks. See, we all think, okay, sovereignly I failed. No. You made choices and you failed. Sovereign failure means you are going to an exam and you had a breakdown and you went and you were absent. That is not sovereign. That is that could be sovereign failure. 
But you failed because you made choices towards failure. Accept that. Don't give the sovereignty nonsense to God. That's exactly what happens to my children, my, my students. No, they will not attend any class. They will not do anything. Uh, any anything. They will come and do a song and dance, especially girls. Sir, sir, ah, no song and dance with me, please. That's not going to happen, especially girls. I mean, I went to the exam. I gave her a circuit, and she looks at me. I said, "Why did you put that one here?" <laughs> I don't know, sir. Do you understand the circuit? <laughs> I don't know, sir. Do you know this is a variation of a deep flip-flop? <laughs> I don't know, sir. What are you expecting me to give you? <laughs> I don't know, sir. F. Oh, then they will come to the class, to the to the staff room and they will eat your head. Sir, um, <laughs> career ka kya hoga, sir? Sabkuch sochna chahiye tha tereko, pehle. Sovereign failures, no, nobody is there, Baba. You made a choice, Moses. You look to the left and you look to the right and you murdered. Who asked you to marry, Madam Zipporah? First of all, did you check? Ah, seven girls in a row, it will come to haunt you. She will be the cause of your death almost. Check. Examine your lives. Check every failure. Okay. You make choices. Choices make you. Period. Unexamined life. So what has happened? You know, what will happen when you examine your life, God will speak through those failures. That's exactly what happened. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see what is happening to my life, Lord, I'm burning. I'm still not being consumed. Something is happening, Lord. Something, you're still extending mercy to my life. By this time, I should have been a dead man. What is going on, Lord? What is going on? What is going on? Okay, now I'm going to speak to you, Moses. I'm going to speak to you. You are ready now for me now, Moses. You have come to the point. You have come to the point. He called out. Moses, Moses. What did he say? Cheneni. Available. Cheneni. Available. How many of you can say that? Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Examine yourselves. Whether you be in the faith. Prove yourselves. Boy, self-examination. That somebody, somebody said that. Self-discipline is a free man's yoke. You have to take that upon yourself. Examine yourselves. Whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves. How that Jesus Christ is in you. Except you be what? Reprobates. Is the character of Christ being formed in you? Why did God 
That is the reason why it says in Romans chapter 2, don't, do you presume upon the goodness of his forbearance, of his kindness, not knowing that the what of God, the goodness of God has led you to repentance, but according to your heart and impenitent heart, you store up for yourselves wrath in the days of wrath, on the day of wrath, when God's righteous judgment will be revealed, who will judge every man according to his works. You see? Examine yourself, my brothers and sisters. All of us. You see, in the little, little failures in your life, God is speaking. Like C.S. Lewis says, right? In prosperity, God whispers. In calamity, God blows the trumpet. He's speaking. In every failure, there is a speaking that is going on. And when God sees that you have turned aside, that is repentance. When you have turned aside to see in my failures, how Lord, you've been still kind to me. Then he will come and say, this man is humbled now. He's ready. And when he calls out, you will say, what? Here am I, Lord. Examine yourselves this morning. Let us all examine ourselves. That is the reason why we are going through this time of 40 days. This is a beautiful 40 days for you. Some people have to suffer in the body. You have to suffer. Some people suffer because of you also. Because you are fasting. But take it. No problem. Something beautiful is going to come out of this. See, you need to take it by faith. Okay, look at what uh, Psalm 139 verses 23 to 24. Search me, O God. Know my heart. <laughs> Test me and know my concerns. Uh, other, other translations will use the word. And know my anxious thoughts. And see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me to the path of everlasting life. You see, this is what we need to do as believers. Boy, never become presumptuous. Let your life be open to scrutiny every day. Ask yourself this question. Whom are you accountable on a daily basis? Whom are you accountable to? God is looking for not ability. Let me me say another word. God is looking for accountability. The ability to give yourself an account. To make yourself accountable to somebody. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my concerns. See if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way of everlasting life. Let us, you know, test yourself. And, 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 and I, I want to, so one guy, you know, in the, in the New Test, in the Old Testament challenges me. Just challenges me like anything. You no, know, another guy who says, here am I. Who's this guy? <clears throat> First Samuel chapter 12. Now, This is Samuel confessing before the people of Israel. Now, here is the king walking before you. I am old and gray-headed. Look, my sons are with you. I have walked before you from my childhood to this day. No, say that everybody. Here I am. Witness against me before the Lord. And before, who is this person? Not the king here. Who is his anointed? Jesus. God the Father anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power and he went about doing good. Okay. The witness of the three over here. And he says, before the Lord, before his anointed, ask me, whose ox have I taken? Tell me. Whose donkey have I taken? Whom have I cheated? Boy, what confidence. That is our examined life. Whom have I 
oppressed? Whose hand have I received any bribe with which blind my eyes? I will restore it to you. And look at what they have to say. You have not cheated us or oppressed us, nor have taken anything from a, from a man's hand. Then he said to them, the Lord is witness against you and his anointed is with, and his anointed is witness against you this day that you have found anything in my, not found anything in my hand. And they answered, he is witness. Today in the morning I was praying with pastor. I was just, I just prepared this sermon, right? I was praying with pastor and he said, you know what he said? Lord, enable us to preach, but enable us also to be a witness. And the moment he said that something boing went into my spirit, no? Confirmation from God that today's, today's word enable us to be. I didn't show him this word by the way. Enable us to be a witness. Witness. No, the question here is how did this guy come to this point? That he could say, you know what? My life is an open book. Come on, see. See. See, check. If there is any cause for offense, okay, you can say, my my children are not following the Lord, but it was not because of me. I told them, but they have made a choice. I can't do anything about them. That, that They have made a choice, they become adults. But as far as me is concerned, did I do anything wrong to you? My life is an open book. Check it out. But how did this guy come to that point? First Samuel chapter 3. Read that please everybody. Ah, the boy Samuel. Akkar start That is the reason why Mokkai Vonganidi Mane Vonguna. Mranu. Mranu. Not Manu. Mranu. That which cannot be bent cannot be straightened. That which cannot be straightened when it is tender cannot be straightened when it has become Hard. You see, it started as a boy. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord, not before, not before Eli, not not to Eli first. He ministered before the Lord to Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation, and it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. This is not just natural blindness. You see, this is spiritual blindness. I'll tell you something. <clears throat> Jacob is gr- growing old. Okay? Jacob is growing old. Who brings? Joseph brings his two sons and says, Father, bless them. Jacob cannot see. And you know what he does? Ephraim is here. Manasseh is here. Manasseh is the eldest and Ephraim is the youngest. Younger one. Not the youngest. Younger one. Suddenly, so Manasseh is placed on the right hand and uh, Ephraim is placed on the uh, left hand. And this guy, he crosses his hands and he blesses Ephraim as a firstborn and Manasseh as a secondborn. And Joseph is upset. Father! And you know what he says? I know my son. I know. Now look, this is an incredible thing is this, no? Of all the faith experiences of Jacob, the only thing which is recorded in Hebrews chapter 11, you know what? Is this incident about Jacob. It says, Jacob when he grew old, blessed by faith, he blessed the sons of Joseph before he died. That is ultimate seeing. 
that is seeing as God sees. You know, the prophet ultimately becomes a what? A seer. What is seeing? Seeing as the way God sees. He's able to look into something and this is, ex- he's able to understand and comprehend the mind of God. That is a seer. He crosses his hands. He blesses Jacob. Sorry, Manasseh. Sorry, Ephraim and then Manasseh. It is, this is, this is spiritual blindness, by the way. And before the lamp of God went out. And then what happened? Now the, uh, now the, now the boy Samuel, sorry, the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark was, was there and while Samuel was lying down, the Lord called Samuel and he said, Cheneni. So where did he run? To Eli. Now this is when? Sleeping Baba. You know what? One of the things that I look at Samuel and I said, this guy was available anytime. Anytime. On call. Like, you know, doctors. Anytime they should be on call. And also pastors. Um, not me, but still learning. But you see, anytime on call. Yes, Lord. And then he goes to a lie and he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. And he went and lied down. Then the Lord called yet again. How many, what, what, is this, what did he say? Samuel and Bilchadu. No, no, no. Every time he called him? Once. Okay. So Samuel arose and went to Eli. Here am I for you called me. He said, I did not call you my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. In other words, he was so obedient to Eli. Submissive to the master under whom God has placed him. Albeit a master who is not as spiritual as he is. Samuel did not know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And what happens? Now the Lord came and stood after now. This, this, you know this, right? Eli goes and tells, this is what you should do. The next time you know what God calls him? Samuel. Samuel. Three times. Now you are ready, I know. I know. Now you are ready. Doesn't matter if you are young or you are old. You have been tested. You are ready. Ready. And you know what he says? Samuel says, speak for your servant is hearing. Becomes a sent man. Why is this? Why is God doing all this? Why is he testing us? See, God only tests us not to punish us, to promote us. What kind of a promotion he wants to give? He wants to build a character in you so that he can entrust himself to you. He can give you the deposit of the Holy Spirit in your life. Genesis chapter 41. After all the testings, now Joseph comes to who? Pharaoh. Look at Pharaoh's confession. So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all the servants. And Pharaoh said to the servants, Pah! Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom the spirit of God is? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, in as much as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and as wise as you. And this wisdom is not wisdom because of hard work. This wisdom is wisdom because of character. Character.
You shall be over my house and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Can you believe from where to where? This is what we call from rags to riches. Amazing. That's exactly what he's going to do to all of us, by the way. We suffer with him. We also will be glorified together with him. And you know what he told the Lavadation church? If you overcome, you will sit at my right hand and you will reign with me all eternity. What a promise. And Pharaoh took his signet ring, a symbol of authority, put in Joseph's hand, clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. And he had him ride on the second chariot which he had and they cried out before him, bow the knee. Boy, I want to see that. So he set him over all the land of Egypt. That's going to be our destiny too, by the way. Not here, there, on the other side. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh. And without your consent, no man may lift his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zavnath Paneah. What does it mean? A revealer of dreams. Zafnath Paneah. You know what God is going to give us too? He's going to give us a signet ring and he's going to give us a new name. A new name. And he gave him also wife Asana, the daughter of Potiphera, priest of On. So Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. You see? He said, Lord, here I am available. What am I available to, Lord? I am available to all your testings. Test me. I was giving this example sometime back in a Wednesday service. There are two kinds of schools. Okay? There is what we call Dumpalabadi. Government ZPS school. And we also have corporate school. China. China means Chaitanya Narayana. Okay, short form. Hmm? So we have Dumpalabadi and China. Now tell me, in which school you have more qualified teachers? Not China. Dumpalabadi. Akkad more qualified teachers under. At least MED. Okay, all of you, if you have children, where do you want to send your children? Child to. Dumpalabadi or China? If you have, those are the only options. China. Why? I'll tell you why. Not because the professor there is more qualified. Because every day is a test. Here you learn only two, three tests. Quarterly, half yearly, final. Madhalo unit test, semblance of a unit test. But you go to you go to China every day test, one surprise quiz. By the time he finished one year, he would have written 1,500 tests. I remember those days when all the coaching centers were there. No, my 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 friends who were studying for MSAT exam, they used to look at the question and put the answer. I'm not talking about uh, uh, phrases. I'm talking about equations and formulae with. They would look at it. That is 25.4. 25.4? That is practice. Everyday test. Test and test and test and you know what God is putting us into? Not Dumbalabadi. 
ചൈന and you have very least qualified teachers in me and pastor james no theology background but every day test if you are in gtc for sure you have surprise test also they'll appear in your inboxes suddenly out of nowhere you see that is china You, you wonder why Chinese are so far. I'm really interesting, no? I used to have Chinese students in my class. I learned my work ethic from them actually. They used to never leave the lab. Never leave. Brush, paste, everything there. No kidding, okay? They have a database of question papers. And they have memorized every paper, every question. and first time i went into the went to the university in megill right megill university i was struggling to get 70% 80% this fellow every time 100 marks are and i'm desi now i'm getting really really frustrated over your border conflict ho ja raha hu wahan par hindi chini no bye bye okay i was thinking nari yendravilu this chinki fellows i mean no we don't call them chinkies because they know they also know code language when they, when you say chinki they'll say ah chinki no 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 so we call used to call them chapte sorry no resist but it is just chapte okay are chapte kaisa gaya re aajkal then we realize that these fellows have question papers assignments they have a database then all our desi fellows we started to know okay this is the secret so we went with them forced the question papers and assignments ek minute ek minute we just took him like that went to the photocopy shop finished the photocopy gave it back to them and we also memorized the whole thing got 100 that is china <laughs> see chinese students are, oh my goodness you you learn those guys will brush in the lab they will do everything in the lab and they will go to exam from the lab not from home they don't, they don't sleep before exams that's also that also i learned from my chinese uh, counterparts they were not friends counterparts they were enemies only okay they were never <laughs> see because we are all we are all asian students competing for the same scholarship you don't understand scholarship was at stake you see so gpa 4 out of 4 please that is what we are competing for that is what god is saying you know what i am going to put you to tests not because i want to fail you because i want to promote you because out of every test there is a promotion will you be ready and say here am i lord test me even if i fail you know what you will fail thank god you will fail that is the reason why it says all these years in the wilderness he led you he humbled you he proved you to show you what is in your heart whether you will obey his commandments or not he humbled you caused you to hunger fed you with what manna which you did not know neither your forefathers knew so that he will prove to you that man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceed from the mouth of god that becomes your confidence because your character is now built upon the word of god and what has happened the word has become flesh that's exactly what happened to jesus too for 40 days every test he 
He passed because of the word of God. And all from Deuteronomy chapter 8. By the way. See that? So here am I. Test me. But you say, Lord, here am I, but what if I fail? Isaiah chapter 58. With the promise, we'll stop. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer your cry and you will say, Keneni. I am there with you now. Keneni. I am there with you. But only do one thing. Don't do finger pointing. Take responsibility for your actions. Meaning, examine yourself, test yourself, judge yourself. Don't do three-dimensional right-hand rule. Three-dimensional right-hand rule. The woman you gave me. The woman you gave me. Big problem. Don't do finger pointing, please. Don't do finger pointing. But every test, examine yourself because here am I. Go into all the world, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Holy Spirit, etc. 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 And tell me, behold, I am with you always to the end of the world. If you say, Lord, here am I, He is also there here with you. He is not. That is the reason why we sing Emmanuel, God with us. Can we all stand this morning? Can you stand in the presence of God? And say, here am I, Lord. Cheneni. <laughs> See, don't say, Lord, give me an easy life. Anta sabyanga ipala. Eme problems unna gordu. No, 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 no. This church, that is not, is not a dumpal body. This is China. Okay. So, say, Lord, here am I. Whatever it takes. Little, little things. Little, 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 little areas. Remember, that is what pastors have also been telling us and mentoring us. Little, little areas. Little, little areas, Vijay. Little, little areas. Small, small things. And say, Lord, here am I. Small things. Because you will not give me more than what I can bear. But with every temptation, you are also going to give me a way of escape. Because you are faithful. Not me. Therefore, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the power of the evil. Can we all pray this morning? Let we, let us surrender and say, Lord, here am I this morning. Okay? Shall we pray? Father, we just thank you, Father, for this day. Lord, all we can do is surrender to the best of our ability. We don't know whether we are surrendering completely. But as much as we are conscious about ourselves, we want to surrender to you, Lord, this morning. Pray, Father, for every brother, every sister, every child, every one of us. We need you. Without you, we can do nothing. And Lord, we want to examine our lives. We don't want to be a set of people who will not examine themselves. We want to be a set of people who are open to scrutiny and criticism from you. Test us therefore. Examine us. Prove us. Father, but Lord, we still want to pray. Lead us not into temptation, 
But deliver us from the power of the evil one. Even in our temptations and trials, we know, Father, you are not going to allow more than what we can bear, bear, O Lord. Thank you for that promise. And this morning, Father, if anyone is here in the house of the Lord who is saying, Lord, I am overwhelmed, Lord. But Lord, you are telling them, that person, that sister, that brother, you are saying, no, you can bear it. I am with you. You cry out to me. Call upon me in the day of trouble and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things. Father, this morning, I pray, Father, for your people that we will continue to examine ourselves. And Lord, we will open, we'll be open to you, O Lord. We will allow you to generate, you to to, to nurture in us that authentic center. Because your word says that your, your, your spirit is the spirit of truth and also the spirit of grace. You not only require from us, that is your truth, but you're also God who empowers us to keep the truth. That is your grace. Lord, I pray this, this, this morning that you would bless your children with a double grace, that they will know the truth about their own lives, but they will not be shattered when they see the truth. They'll also experience your grace. They will say, they will see the fire, but they will also see a God who's not consuming us in spite of the fire. And they will be attracted to you and they will be, they will turn aside and they will repent. You will grant them the gift of repentance and you will cause them to walk in your ways. Bless us to that end, O Lord, through this month, O Lord, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We praise you, we worship you, we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the love of God, and the patience of Jesus Christ, may the Lord direct you to that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.